Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On March 7, 2015, one day in advance of the first anniversary of the loss of flight MH370, I had a conversation with radio station CJAD of Montreal, Canada, about the ongoing search for that aircraft. The show, called Viewpoints, was hosted by Todd Vander Hayden. Great guests, great insight. Viewpoints with Todd Vander Hayden. Good to have you with us on this uh, first full weekend of March 2015. You are listening to Viewpoints. Todd Vander Hayden here with you. It is such a mystery. It is mind-boggling. And I cannot believe, as a journalist, as a person, I cannot believe that a year later, one year later, we still are no closer to finding the wreckage of MH370. Such a bizarre story. And you think to yourself, gosh, you know, with all the smartphones and all the technology and human ingenuity and, and everything that we've got in terms of uh, search and rescue strategies and, 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 and the way that we have these satellites, GPS in space, and a modern uh, airliner, you know, uh, this, this, the, the Airbus that these people were on, and you think, how is it possible that it goes missing for an entire year. This is the anniversary of that ill-fated flight that took off from Malaysia. Uh, and think about the families as well. And this is something I really want to reinforce. The families of those people who are left in limbo, very much in limbo, with no answers as to what might have happened here. It is definitely chilling. It is definitely disturbing. And the reality is we might be no closer to finding this airplane. I'll tell you why. The Southern Indian Ocean, which is in all likelihood where it went down, is one of the most remote places on the planet. We know very little about it. In fact, arguably, we know more about the surface of the moon than we know about that part of the world. Uh, it is six kilometers deep. Think about that. Six kilometers deep in parts. And there are four ships that are scouring, and they have been doing that for months, working hours, day after day, week after week, month after month, with no luck. And... Uh, my question this weekend here on this show is, will we ever find MH370? My guest on the line from Boston, Massachusetts, Dr. Todd Curtis. He's an aviation safety expert and the creator of airsafe.com. Todd, welcome to Viewpoints. Well, thanks for having me today. What is your personal theory here, Todd, about what might have happened to this plane? Well, my personal theory is that first, there's a very, very small amount of data about what actually happened to the aircraft because of the reasons that have been documented so well in the past. And because there's a lack of data, I basically came up with four general scenarios that fit that rather sparse set of data. Uh, one being a traditional hijacking, someone from outside of the airline or outside of the crew hijacking the aircraft. A second theory being some sort of inside job, that is a flight crew member, a mechanic, who knows, someone on the inside of Malaysian Airlines uh, somehow hijacked the aircraft. A third one is more of a traditional situation of massive um, sequential system failures that were so overwhelming that the crew did an extraordinary action to keep the aircraft in the air, and as a result of that action, uh, there was no communication, either because of their action or because of the problems. There's no communication, and the airplane flies for several hours, often to the middle of nowhere. And the fourth theory, which is a variation of some of the, of the prior theories, is that for whatever reason, the crew was unwilling or unable to make any changes in the airplane's altitude, speed, direction for several hours until the aircraft ran out of fuel, after mm. which, of course, the aircraft would uh, 
presumably crash into the ocean. Hmm. At the beginning, I was talking about some of the challenges, how deep that part of the ocean is. There are, of course, extreme weather patterns as well. We know that winter is coming in the southern hemisphere in the next couple of months, and uh, the bottom of, of the ocean, the seabed there, is, uh, you know, there are, there are crevices, there are valleys, there are underwater mountains. I mean, you name it. How challenging is it, Todd? Well, there's several kinds of challenges. One being that this part of the ocean hasn't really been extensively explored in the past, and you made mention of that earlier. Um, this part of the Indian Ocean has not been a scene of uh, Cold War tension in the past few decades, and the parts of the ocean where that was true, there's plenty of scientific and military research going on about the characteristics of the ocean, including ocean mapping. Not so much in that part of the Indian Ocean. Uh, there's no uh, big economic activity going out there. You don't have deep-sea oil platforms or anything like that where commercial activity would have done a lot of research. So really, what's been done in the last few months has never been done before in that part of the ocean. Hmm. We're talking to Dr. Todd Curtis. He's an aviation safety expert from Boston. We're talking about this mystery of MH370. It went missing. That Malaysian airliner went missing a year ago this weekend. Still no luck. Doomsday scenario here, Todd, that I want to give you, that in fact, one of these boats that's been shipping, one of these ships that's been circling and, and, and patrolling, that because of inaccuracies in, in the technology, they may have missed it already as part of this search that's been going on for almost a year now. That's indeed a possibility. Uh, the search area that exists right now is there largely because of the work of Inmarsat, which had the satellites, which of course uh, the public generally knows about now, there was a small amount of signals, once per hour roughly, going out to the satellite. And based on that and some very, very intriguing mathematical analyses, came up with a very, very reasonable search area. It's not 100% certain that the aircraft is there, but the preponderance of a very, very small amount of evidence is overwhelming for that stretch of the ocean. That said, perhaps the technology they have on the ships isn't adequate, even though they have a very good idea of where the airplane is. Keep in mind, the area of ocean they're searching is roughly the size of the country of Norway. Hmm. And just on a human level, Todd, I mean, it's so bizarre, isn't it? Well, it's, it's quite bizarre. And because of the nature of the event, that is something that took attention of the entire world for weeks on end, this is an unusual event that's not just isolated to the people who are immediately affected by it. I mean, one just has to think. For generations, uh, commercial sailors and wartime sailors have been lost at sea, never to be seen again. Mm. Aircraft have been lost at sea or over land for decades at a time. That's it. But this is one of the few times where there was a massive human tragedy. There are, knew about it. there are so many strange theories as well going around. You know, some people think the plane was hijacked, landed somewhere on a desert island. Other people think it actually went on that northern trajectory up into Kazakhstan or something. I mean, there are so many different theories swirling around here. Realistically, though, and I mentioned that winter is coming, the Australians are really taking the point on this. How long could this search go on for? Well, the search in the near term will only go on until about May. That's the time frame that the Australian authorities have given for this stage of the search uh, because of weather and other conditions and money running out for the search. They're planning on finishing the search area by May of 2015. If there is no sign of the aircraft after that, there's probably going to be a decision made by several countries as to whether the search should continue and how much money should be thrown at it. Uh, Todd, is it possible that we will never find MH370? I wouldn't say never, but I would say this. It's a possibility it may be decades before the aircraft is found. Uh, this could be an Amelia Earhart type situation where 
the world generally knows that, yes, something did happen. We have a very good idea where it happened. But we have no clue, physical or otherwise, as to where the wreckage is. My guest has been Dr. Todd Curtis, aviation safety expert and the creator of airsafe.com, joining us today from Boston in Massachusetts. Todd, thank you for being on Viewpoints. Well, thanks again for having me. For more information about the search for MH370, please visit MH370 at airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.